There it goes. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship again this morning. It's great to be with you all once more in God's house to worship and to receive from Him His wonderful gifts of word and sacrament. This morning, if you would, please stand where you are and wave to those around you. Make sure to wave to the camera, to those at home or wherever they happen to be watching. Okay. Today's order of service can be found at trinitygate1874.com. Our radio broadcast today is sponsored by St. John's Eastern Church Stones Prairie and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. I do not have any pre-service announcements this morning, so let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we are thankful for this day. And truly, Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. As always, Lord, we are thankful that none of us are called here to this place or wherever it is that we happen to be listening or watching from. Lord, we are not called here by accident, by chance or by anything else but your holy word, your gospel, which calls us and through faith compels us to listen and to, and to read and to sing about your wondrous love for us. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, as we are served by you, we pray that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, for your house of worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and forgive us sins, Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have 
Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening hymn, With the Lord Begin Your Task, number 869. We'll sing verses 1 through 3. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Delight yourself in the Lord. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, 
save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son willingly endured the agony and shame of the cross for our redemption. Grant us courage to take up our cross daily and follow him wherever he leads. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Jeremiah, chapter 15. O Lord, you know. Remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. And your forbearance take me not away. Know that for your sake I bear reproach. Your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I did not sit in the company of revelers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone, because your hand was upon me, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail? Therefore thus says the Lord, If you return, I will restore you, and you shall stand before me. 
If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall be as my mouth. They shall turn to you, but you shall not turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. This is the word of our Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 12. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. also be the text for the sermon this morning. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of of Man coming in his kingdom. 
This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing the hymn of the day. It's Christ Be My Leader, number 861. May the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 16 that was just read. Please have that out and in front of you we will be going through it and and referring to it as we go along here this morning. If Jesus was not who he said that he was, all-powerful, almighty, has the ultimate authority over everyone and everything, God. If Jesus is not all of these things, then to be completely honest, Several chapters earlier in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus goes into the wilderness to be met by Satan, let this sink in. If Jesus had given in, the whole thing goes completely off the rails. The whole thing does. The whole thing goes. And if you remember from Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is led into the wilderness, into the desert by the Holy Spirit in order to be tempted by Satan. And three separate times, Satan tries as best as he can to stop Jesus from doing one thing, 
And of course, we all know what that one thing is, to stop him from going to the cross. Because Satan knows that when Jesus goes to the cross, that for him, it's all over. That he will have eternally lost. And so Jesus goes into the desert to be tempted by Satan three separate times. And it really, this text from Matthew 4 really gives us really good insight into what is happening in the text for today from Matthew chapter 16. And notice, remember in Matthew, we've kind of been going along here, and remember that Matthew's goal is to prove to his readers, to his hearers, who were Jewish, that Jesus is who he says that he is, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is God's chosen one. In the text leading up to today's, we have seen this, and it's very, very, and it's very, very apparent. Peter last week had that confession of Christ, and so Matthew, of course, wrote that down for his hearers to know. We saw Jesus walking on the water, coming to his disciples. And Matthew wanted to make sure that he included that too, because that really, that is one example of the authority that Jesus has. And so up until Matthew chapter 16, this particular text, verse 20, sorry, verse 21, Matthew has spent the entire time telling his readers who Jesus is. And then a really interesting shift happens in the text for today. If you look at it, notice what it says. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And so now, here is the shift in Matthew's story. Now you know who Jesus is, and from this time on, in my gospel, I'm going to write about, I'm going to show you what Jesus came here to do. And again, remember this in the context of Matthew chapter 4. Remember that if he gives in to Satan, the whole thing goes off the rails, and everything is wrecked. So from this time on, Jesus begins to teach his disciples that he must be killed, but that he would be raised on the third day. And so let's talk about Peter's reaction. Oh, Peter, impetuous Peter. Just last week, just a few verses before, that he has probably the highest point of his, of his discipleship. He has this wonderful and amazing confession about who Jesus is, and Jesus lauds him for it. He says, blessed are you, Simon, because this was not revealed to you by anyone else but by my Father who is in heaven. Now, my guess is is that Peter, because he was a sinful man, I know that if if it was me, and that happened to me, and I got the right answer, I'd be walking around, my friends going, I got the right answer. So he's feeling pretty good about himself, probably, at this point. Now, 
I don't know why. We, we aren't given reasons, the inner thinkings of Peter, to know why he now says what he says to Jesus. Peter takes him aside. <laughs> He's pretty brave, and he begins to rebuke Jesus. This man who he has seen walk on water, this man who he has seen feed 5,000 and then 4,000 people, this man, Jesus, he begins to rebuke him and say, far be it from you, this will never happen to you. In the Greek, he actually says, God must not let this happen to you. You see, according to Peter's sensibilities, when the Messiah is going to ride back into Jerusalem, it's going to be in a triumphal, in a mighty way. And he is going to set everything aright again. It never even enters his mind. And if it did, it was a fleeting thought. It never even enters Peter's mind that what the Messiah must do is what seems the exact polar opposite of what he thinks that he's going to do. That the Messiah is going to die. That he must die. That he must be crucified. And so this is why Peter has this reaction. Far be it from you, Lord. This, this will never happen to you. This can't happen to you. And then Jesus' response. But he turned to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God. Remember what was revealed to him before was from God. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the, on the things of man. This is eerily similar. Jesus almost uses the exact same words to Peter in this text as he did in Matthew chapter 4. When finally, after the third temptation, in effect, Jesus tells Satan to bugger off, get lost, leave. And almost to the word, he uses the same Exact words to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Stop trying to keep me from doing what I came here to do. It's not going to work. He has a job to do. He has one mission, and that one mission is to be crucified. And to be raised, to be sure, on the third day. And then in verse... 24, after he rebukes Peter, Jesus then tells his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, number one, and take up his cross and follow me. It's important to mention at this point that how this text has oftentimes been interpreted is that when Jesus says to deny oneself and then to take up their cross and follow him, that has been interpreted as only the mighty and the strong and the super, 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 super obedient can follow after Jesus and to take up their cross and follow him. The words from Christ to deny ourselves and to take up our cross and follow him are not prerequisites for following Christ. Instead, Jesus gives really just matter of facts. He gives truths about what it's going to look like to his 
disciples. And it is interesting, again, going back to Matthew chapter 4, it is so interesting, and again, it is not by accident or, or by chance, but denying himself and taking up his cross and following is exactly what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4. Denying oneself looks like this. Number one, it looks like service. To put others' needs before your own. How good did you do that this last week? Putting others' needs before your own. Did you do it perfectly? Did you do it every single time? Did you do it in your own thoughts? I can tell you, as your pastor, I failed at this multiple times just in this last week. I failed at it, miserably. Number one, it looks like service to put others' needs before our own. Number two, it looks like obedience. Following the commandments that God has given to love God and to love our neighbor. Remember that the Ten Commandments are divided up into two different tables, taking you back to your confirmation class. The first table, one through three, has to do with our relationship with God. Commandments four through ten have to do with our relationship with our neighbor. And as I've said in this space before and in Bible classes before, folks, the Ten Commandments haven't gone anywhere. So often and so many times, we think of them as guidelines. As guidelines. That when it's convenient for us, then we can go ahead and, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and make sure that we check that one off the list and this one off the list and that one off the list. They're not guidelines. They are rules. They are laws. And Jesus fulfilled these perfectly when he was with Satan in the desert. He put our needs above his own, and he was obedient to his Father. Remember, it was the Spirit that led him him there. It was the Spirit that brought Jesus there, that showed him, now you're supposed to go here. Conceivably, I guess, Jesus could have said, no, I'm not going to do that. But again, if he doesn't do it, then the whole thing is wrecked. Our salvation is completely wrecked. It is completely ruined. And then finally, to take up our our cross and follow him. Again, this this does not refer to any, any and all sufferings or hard times that we have in this life. It doesn't, it doesn't refer to that, because to be completely honest, if you're like me, a lot of the, the sufferings and the hard times that I go through, it's stuff that I've created myself. What this refers to is suffering, taking up our cross and following Christ, is suffering for the name and for the sake of, of Christ. And what does that look like for us? Well, in America, it looks like this. We are called, as Christians, we are called intolerant of the world. And we are called intolerant and not caring and not loving 
because we believe that what the Bible says to be true. That the Ten Commandments are not just guidelines, they're, they're actually rules. And so we are then called intolerant. That's part of picking up our cross and following Christ. The second thing is whenever we speak boldly that Jesus really is the only way to heaven. And again, if you speak that to anyone who is not a Christian, and sometimes it's really scary, if you speak it to people who call themselves Christians and yet somehow allow for other faiths to also be true, let me just, let me just debunk that myth right, right now. If you don't believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, you are not a Christian, period. Period. You cannot, on one side of your mouth, say, well, Jesus is the only way to heaven, and then in the other side of your mouth say, well, these other folks that, that I know, they're really, really nice, and they're really, really good people, but they don't, they don't quite believe yet. No. That doesn't mean that, that you stop caring about them, that that doesn't mean that you stop loving them as your neighbor. I'm not saying that. But we confess boldly and proudly, that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him. We just had a funeral here yesterday. Bob, he confessed that. Every time that I saw him, he confessed that. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for everyone who believes. I know that Bob believed that. I know that all of us here believe that. And now here again is the shift. You see, Jesus knows that you and I struggle with putting people above ourselves He knows that you and I have a really hard time with being obedient to the rules. And he knows that you and I have a really difficult time with sometimes, I wouldn't say being ashamed of the gospel, but maybe not proclaiming it as loudly as we should. And when we're in a certain group of of people Perhaps, and we did, they're kind of talking about different things, and maybe we kind of shy away from professing what we know to be true because we're afraid of what might happen. Jesus knows this. He knows that you and I struggle with this. And so, most importantly, what it means for us to take up our cross and to follow Christ is to be crucified with Christ is to have all of our sins and our doubts and our, our, our inability to keep the rules and our inability to put others before ourselves. He puts all of that upon himself. And he crucifies it. Luther calls this our, our old self. And so our old self, our old sinful self, is then crucified with Christ. And here is where it gets even better. You and I both have the same problem. Everybody in this world has the same problem. Our sins, we hang on to them like, like for dear life. We hang on. We don't want to let them go. And so what does Jesus do? He literally comes and he rips those sins from you and says, here, they're mine now. 
and he takes them and he puts them upon himself. And he crucifies it. And he puts all of those sins to death. He puts your old self to death. And every day that you wake up, you are a new creation in Christ. Every day. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter if you have failed at commandments 4 through 10 or 1 through 3. It doesn't matter if you have failed at those. Well, sorry, it does matter. But Jesus has forgiven them. And Jesus has crucified those failures and he put those failures to death. And so now, whenever the Father looks at you, he looks at you as nothing but a perfect being, a perfect child. And this is why, if you keep going in our text from Matthew chapter 16, he says after, in verse 25, he says after, and so uh, uh, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then he says, for whoever would lose his life for my sake, We'll find it. Our lives have been lost, crucified with Christ on the cross. And in the cross of Christ, there's that wonderful hymn, In the Cross of Christ I Glory. We have found our new lives. New lives which lead to eternal life. We will have sufferings and awful and terrible things that happen to us and happen in this world on this side of heaven. But the new life leads to heaven. I mentioned this in Bob's sermon yesterday. I mentioned this again here today. Remember that in Psalm 23, that wonderful line where King David writes, For I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I fear no evil. Notice the words that Peter, I'm sorry, that, that David didn't use. He didn't say, I walk into the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I walk through it. And David can say that with assurance and with such confidence because he knows that on the other side of the valley is his father's house. And so Jesus comes and he walks with us through this valley of the shadow of death, through, through sin, our sin, sin or the, the, the sin that is around us. And he walks us through that valley of shadow of death because, and he says here, here's the Father's house which awaits us when Christ returns. And he walked those sins and he walked with them all the way to Calvary and he killed them there. And then he gave to you and I what we needed in order to gain life, which was his perfect righteousness. And so you see... Wrapping it all back up now, what you see is that in Matthew chapter 4, it was so important that Jesus told Satan to get lost. It was so important that Jesus told Peter to get lost. Because Jesus had one mission and one job, and nothing was going to stop him from getting there. so that we would gain life, so that he would die, take the sin of the world with himself, 
And then as Jesus says so very wonderfully and so very clearly that we would find life because we have lost it for the sake of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, This time we will gather, or we will uh, use this time to just give a reminder on the different ways that you can continue to give your offering and your tithes to our church and our school. Uh, the first way is that if you are here, you can simply drop it off into the offering basket that is in the back of the narthex there. The second way is to go to the website that is trinity1874.com, and in the upper right-hand corner is a donate button. Please just click on that and follow the directions there. You may also bring your uh, offering and tithe by the church office during our regular open hours, and you can mail your offering or tithe into the church office as well. Please stand as we sing the offertory.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we thank you for making this day a day of rest and worship. You have brought us safely here so we can pray, sing praises, be blessed by your word, and soon to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion. But before we do that, I want to thank you for Pastor's message of joy and hope. Remind us this week that we are second, that we are to live our lives as selfless people, to put others before ourselves. Give us the courage to confess the truth to all people you place in front of us. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery, those who find themselves confined to their homes for whatever reason. We lift up all of those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Gerard Degan, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rosemarie, John Alexander, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Florine, Sherry, Fawn, Hunter, Marilyn, Police Officer Mark Preby, Heather Preby, Deborah, Ross, Jerry, Dylan, Jane Matledge, Mike Verm, Catherine Connolly. These, Lord, we lift up to you as well as all of those now we name in our own hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. God of all creation, since the very beginning, you have blessed marriage between man and woman. For those celebrating the anniversary of their wedding day, we ask that you give them a sense of your presence. Thank you for the blessings of love you have given to John and June Fritz as they celebrate 60 years of marriage. Help them use this time of reflection and celebration to renew the promise made to focus on the love that is possible when you, Jesus, are the center of their lives. Be with them, be their health, strength, and refuge as they continue this journey of honor and love for each other and for you as their Savior. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel as they answer the call for help. Father, we pray that you will watch over them, protect them against all harm. It's at these times that we remember to give you thanks for those who serve to protect us. Strengthen and encourage them all so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we honor you by many names. Today we pray to you as the Lord and giver of life. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. We lift up the family of Bob Yelenek as well as the family of Bob Seninger Sr. as they mourn the loss of these very special Christian brothers. Lord, we give you thanks for keeping your promise of receiving into your heavenly kingdom all who believe in salvation through faith. Gracious Father, it is at these times that we ask you to give those who grieve an extra measure of your grace and love. Be with all who mourn and comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints 
as we spend eternity in heaven where there's no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. together the prayer that the Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. We sing our closing hymn, the last two verses of With the Lord Begin Your Task, number 869. few announcements before we close with worship today. Uh, first of all, um, Ladies of Trinity, the LWML meeting is scheduled for September 3rd at 1.30 at the community building here in Freistadt. Uh, please note the location change and we will have a mite box gathering as well. Uh, confirmation classes will start meeting on September the 13th at 8.45 in the chapel. Uh, this class is for students in 7th and 8th grade who are not attending Trinity Lutheran School. 
the church directory is now online, and once you create a login, you can edit your personal information and upload a picture at any time. If you have any questions, please call the church office or Diana Connolly. Uh, also, just as a reminder, uh, to please, at the end of service, please refrain from gathering in the narthex, uh, but uh, please be sure to proceed uh, outside where you are uh, allowed to gather and to converse there. Uh, and then finally, for those of you that have not yet heard, uh, our brother in Christ, Bob Seninger Sr., passed away yesterday. Uh, his visitation is... Uh, this coming Wednesday evening from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at Buchanan in Monette. And then the service will be here at 11 o'clock on Thursday morning. Uh, and so we continue to keep Bob, uh, Bob's family in our prayers this week as well. Uh, that's all the announcements that I have. I pray that each of you have a very, very blessed week. Good week.